Section 7 of Pensée. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Derek McLaughlin, London, Ontario, Canada. Latin language reading by Lenny, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Pensée by Blaise Pascal. Translated by W. F. Trotter. Section 7. Morality and Doctrine. Part 3. 507. The Spirit of Grace. The Hardness of the Heart. External Circumstances. 508. Grace is indeed needed to turn a man into a saint, and he who doubts it does not know what a saint or a man is. 509. Philosophers. A fine thing to cry to a man who does not know himself, that he should come of himself to God, and a fine thing to say so to a man who does know himself. 510. Man is not worthy of God, but he is not incapable of being made worthy. It is unworthy of God to unite himself to wretched man, but it is not unworthy of God to pull him out of his misery. 511. If we would say that man is too insignificant to deserve communion with God, we must indeed be very great to judge of it. 512. It is, in peculiar phraseology, wholly the body of Jesus Christ, but it cannot be said to be the whole body of Jesus Christ. The union of two things without change does not enable us to say that one becomes the other, the soul thus being united to the body, the fire to the timber, without change. But change is necessary to make the form of the one become the form of the other, thus the union of the word to man. Because my body without my soul would not make the body of a man, therefore my soul united to any matter whatsoever will make my body. It does not distinguish the necessary condition from the sufficient condition. The union is necessary but not sufficient. The left arm is not the right. Impenetrability is a property of matter. Identity of number in regard to the same time requires the identity of matter. Thus, if God united my soul to a body in China, the same body Idem numero. would be in China. The same river which runs there is Idem numero. as that which runs at the same time in China. 513. Why God has established prayer. 1. To communicate to his creatures the dignity of causality. 2. To teach us from whom our virtue comes. 3. To make us deserve other virtues by work. But to keep his own preeminence, he grants prayer to whom he pleases. Objection. But we believe that we hold prayer of ourselves. This is absurd. For since, though having faith, we cannot have virtues, how should we have faith? Is there a greater distance between infidelity and faith than between faith and virtue? Merit. This word is ambiguous. Merit habere redemptorem. Footnote. He deserved to have a redeemer. End of footnote. Merit tam sacra membra tangere. Footnote. He deserved to touch members so sacred. End of footnote. Digno tam sacra membra tangere. 
Footnote. I deem him worthy to touch, etc. End of footnote. Non sum dignus. Footnote. I am not worthy. Luke, chapter 7, verse 6. End of footnote. Qui manducat indignus. Footnote. He who unworthy eats. 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 27. End of footnote. Dignus est accipiti. Footnote. He is worthy to receive. Revelation, chapter 4, verse 11. End of footnote. Dignare me. Footnote. To deem me worthy. End of footnote. God is only bound according to his promises. He has promised to grant justice to prayers. He has never promised prayer only to the children of promise. St. Augustine has distinctly said that strength would be taken away from the righteous. But it is by chance that he said it, for it might have happened that the occasion of saying it did not present itself. But his principles make us see that when the occasion for it presented itself, it was impossible that he should not say it, or that he should say anything to the contrary. It is then rather that he was forced to say it when the occasion presented itself, than that he said it when the occasion presented itself, the one being of necessity, the other of chance. But the two are all that we can ask. 514. Work out your own salvation with fear. Proofs of Prayer. Petenti dabitur. Footnote. Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. End of footnote. Therefore it is in our power to ask. On the other hand, there is God. So it is not in our power, since the obtaining of the grace to pray to him is not in our power. For since salvation is not in us, and the obtaining of such grace is from him, prayer is not in our power. The righteous man should then hope no more in God, for he ought not to hope, but to strive to obtain what he wants. Let us conclude then that, since man is now unrighteous since the first sin, and God is unwilling that he should thereby not be estranged from him, it is only by a first effect that he is not estranged. Therefore those who depart from God have not this first effect without which they are not estranged from God, and those who do not depart from God have this first effect. Therefore those whom we have seen possessed for some time of grace by this first effect cease to pray for want of this first effect. Then God abandons the first in this sense. 515. The elect will be ignorant of their virtues, and the outcast of the greatness of their sins. Lord, when saw we thee unhungered, thirsty, etc.? 516. Romans chapter 3 verse 27. Boasting is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by faith. Then faith is not within our power like the deeds of the law, and it is given to us in another way. 517. Comfort yourselves. It is not from yourselves that you should expect grace, but, on the contrary, it is in expecting nothing from yourselves that you must hope for it. 518. Every condition, and even the martyrs, have to fear according to Scripture. The greatest pain of purgatory is the uncertainty of the judgment. Deus absconditus. Footnote. A hidden God. End of footnote. 
519. John, chapter 8. Multi crediderunt in eum. Dicebat ergo Jesus. Simon seditis, vere mei discipuli eritis, et veritas liberabit vos. Responderunt. Semen abhae sumus, et nemini servimus unquam. There is a great difference between disciples and true disciples. We recognize them by telling them that the truth will make them free, for if they answer that they are free, and that it is in their power to come out of slavery to the devil, they are indeed disciples, but not true disciples. 520. The law has not destroyed nature, but has instructed it. Grace has not destroyed the law, but has made it act. Faith received at baptism is the source of the whole life of Christians and of the converted. 521. Grace will always be in the world, and nature also, so that the former is in some sort natural. And thus there will always be Pelagians, and always Catholics, and always strife, because the first birth makes the one, and the grace of the second birth the other. 522. The law imposed what it did not give. Grace gives what it imposes. 523. All faith consists in Jesus Christ and in Adam, and all morality in lust and in grace. 524. There is no doctrine more appropriate to man than this which teaches him his double capacity of receiving and of losing grace, because of the double peril to which he is exposed, of despair or of pride. 525. The philosophers did not prescribe feelings suitable to the two states. They inspired feelings of pure greatness, and that is not man's state. They inspired feelings of pure littleness, and that is not man's state. There must be feelings of humility, not from nature, but from penitence, not to rest in them, but to go on to greatness. There must be feelings of greatness, not from merit, but from grace, and after having passed through humiliation. 526. Misery induces despair. Pride induces presumption. The Incarnation shows man the greatness of his misery by the greatness of the remedy which he required. 527. The knowledge of God without that of man's misery causes pride. The knowledge of man's misery without that of God causes despair. The knowledge of Jesus Christ constitutes the middle course, because in him we find both God and our misery. 528. Jesus Christ is a God whom we approach without pride, and before whom we humble ourselves without despair. 529. Not a degradation which renders us incapable of good, nor a holiness exempt from evil. 530. A person told me one day that on coming from confession he felt great joy and confidence. Another told me he remained in fear. Whereupon I thought that these two together would make one good man, and that each was wanting, and that he had not the feeling of the other. The same often happens in other things. 531. He who knows the will of his master will be beaten with more blows because of the power he has by his knowledge. Qui justus est, justificetud ad hoc. 
Footnote, Revelation, chapter 22, verse 11. He that is unrighteous, let him do unrighteousness still. And he that is filthy, let him be made filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him do righteousness still. And he that is holy, let him be made holy still. End of footnote. Because of the power he has by justice. From him who has received most will the greatest reckoning be demanded because of the power he has by this help. 532. Scripture has provided passages of consolation and of warning for all conditions. Nature seems to have done the same thing by her two infinites, natural and moral, for we shall always have the higher and the lower, the more clever and the less clever, the most exalted and the meanest, in order to humble our pride and exalt our humility. 533. Footnote. A broken heart. End of footnote. St. Paul. This is the Christian character. Alba has named you. I know you no more. Corneille. That is the inhuman character. The human character is the opposite. 534. There are only two kinds of men. The righteous, who believe themselves sinners, the rest sinners who believe themselves righteous. 535. We owe a great debt to those who point out faults, for they mortify us. They teach us that we have been despised. They do not prevent our being so in the future, for we have many other faults for which we may be despised. They prepare us for the exercise of correction and freedom from fault. 536. Man is so made that by continually telling him he is a fool, he believes it, and by continually telling it to himself, he makes himself believe it. For man holds an inward talk with his self alone, which it behooves him to regulate well. Footnote, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Be not deceived, evil companionships corrupt good morals. End of footnote. We must keep silent as much as possible, and talk with ourselves only of God, whom we know to be true, and thus we convince ourselves of the truth. 537. Christianity is strange. It bids man recognize that he is vile, even abominable, and bids him desire to be like God. Without such a counterpoise, this dignity would make him horribly vain, or this humiliation would make him terribly abject. 538. With how little pride does a Christian believe himself united to God? With how little humiliation does he place himself on a level with the worms of earth? A glorious manner to welcome life and death, good and evil. 539. What difference in point of obedience is there between a soldier and a Carthusian monk? For both are equally under obedience and dependent. Both engage in equally painful exercises. But the soldier always hopes to command, and never attains this, for even captains and princes are ever slaves and dependents. Still he ever hopes and ever works to attain this. Whereas the Carthusian monk makes a vow to be always dependent. So they do not differ in their perpetual thraldom, in which both of them always exist, but in the hope, which one always has, and the other never. 540. 
The hope which Christians have of possessing an infinite good is mingled with real enjoyment as well as with fear, for it is not as with those who should hope for a kingdom, of which they, being subjects, would have nothing, but they hope for holiness, for freedom from injustice, and they have something of this. 541. None is so happy as a true Christian, nor so reasonable, virtuous, or amiable. 542. The Christian religion alone makes man altogether lovable and happy. In honesty, we cannot, perhaps, be altogether lovable and happy. 543. Preface. The metaphysical proofs of God are so remote from the reasoning of men, and so complicated, that they make little impression, and if they should be of service to some, it would be only during the moment that they see such demonstration, but an hour afterwards they fear they have been mistaken. Quod curiositate cognoverunt, superbia amiserunt. Footnote. What they knew by searching, they have lost by pride. St. Augustine. End of footnote. This is the result of the knowledge of God obtained without Jesus Christ. It is communion without a mediator, with the God whom they have known without a mediator. Whereas those who have known God by a mediator know their own wretchedness. 544. The God of the Christians is a God who makes the soul feel that he is her only good, that her only rest is in him, that her only delight is in loving him, and who makes her at the same time abhor the obstacles which keep her back, and prevent her from loving God with all her strength. Self-love and lust, which hinder us, are unbearable to her. Thus God makes her feel that she has this root of self-love which destroys her, and which he alone can cure. 545. Jesus Christ did nothing but teach men that they loved themselves, that they were slaves, blind, sick, wretched, and sinners, that he must deliver them, enlighten, bless, and heal them, that this would be effected by hating self, and by following him through suffering and the death on the cross. 546. Without Jesus Christ man must be in vice and misery. With Jesus Christ man is free from vice and misery. In him is all our virtue and all our happiness. Apart from him there is but vice, misery, darkness, death, despair. 547. We know God only by Jesus Christ. Without this mediator all communion with God is taken away. Through Jesus Christ we know God. All those who have claimed to know God and to prove him without Jesus Christ have had only weak proofs. But in proof of Jesus Christ we have the prophecies which are solid and palpable proofs. And these prophecies being accomplished and proved true by the event mark the certainty of these truths and therefore the divinity of Christ. In him then and through him we know God. Apart from him and without the scripture, without original sin, without a necessary mediator promised and come, we cannot absolutely prove God, nor teach right doctrine and right morality. But through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ we prove God, and teach morality and doctrine. Jesus Christ is then the true God of men. But we know at the same time our wretchedness, for this God is none other than the Savior of our wretchedness. So we can only know God well by knowing our iniquities. 
Therefore, those who have known God without knowing their wretchedness have not glorified him, but have glorified themselves. Quia non cognovit per sapientiam, placuit Deo per stultitiam predicationis salvos facere. Footnote, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. For seeing that in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom knew not God, it was God's good pleasure through the foolishness of the preaching to save them that believe. End of footnote. 548. Not only do we know God by Jesus Christ alone, but we know ourselves only by Jesus Christ. We know life and death only through Jesus Christ. Apart from Jesus Christ, we do not know what is our life, nor our death, nor God, nor ourselves. Thus, without the scripture, which has Jesus Christ alone for its object, we know nothing, and see only darkness and confusion in the nature of God, and in our own nature. 549. It is not only impossible, but useless, to know God without Jesus Christ. They have not departed from him, but approached. They have not humbled themselves, but... Note, in the text, the thought is incomplete. End of note. Quaquisque optimus est, pessimus, si hoc ipsum, quod optimus est, ad scribat sibi. Footnote. The quality which makes any one best makes him worst if he claims it for himself. End of footnote. 550. I love poverty because he loved it. I love riches because they afford me the means of helping the very poor. I keep faith with everybody. I do not render evil to those who wrong me, but I wish them a lot, like mine, in which I receive neither evil nor good from men. I try to be just, true, sincere, and faithful to all men. I have a tender heart for those to whom God has more closely united me, and whether I am alone or seen of men, I do all my actions in the sight of God, who must judge of them, and to whom I have consecrated them all. These are my sentiments, and every day of my life I bless my Redeemer who has implanted them in me, and who, of a man full of weaknesses, of miseries, of lust, of pride, and of ambition, has made a man free from all these evils by the power of his grace, to which all the glory of it is due, as of myself I have only misery and error. 551. Dignior plagis quam osculis non timio quia amo. Footnote. Though I deserve blows rather than kisses, I do not fear, because I love. End of footnote. 552. The Sepulchre of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was dead, but seen on the cross. He was dead and hidden in the sepulchre. Jesus Christ was buried by the saints alone. Jesus Christ wrought no miracle at the sepulchre. Only the saints entered it. It is there, not on the cross, that Jesus Christ takes a new life. It is the last mystery of the passion and the redemption. Jesus Christ had nowhere to rest on earth but in the sepulchre. His enemies only ceased to persecute him at the sepulchre. 553. The Mystery of Jesus Jesus suffers in his passion the torments which men inflict upon him, but in his agony he suffers the torments which he inflicts on himself. Turbare semit ipsum. Footnote. John chapter 11 verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping who came with her, 
he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. End of footnote. This is a suffering from no human but an almighty hand, for he must be almighty to bear it. Jesus seeks some comfort at least in his three dearest friends, and they are asleep. He prays them to bear with him for a little, and they leave him with entire indifference, having so little compassion that it could not prevent their sleeping even for a moment. And thus Jesus was left alone to the wrath of God. Jesus is alone on the earth, without any one, not only to feel and share his sufferings, but even to know of it. He and heaven were alone in that knowledge. Jesus is in a garden, not of delight as the first Adam, where he lost himself and the whole human race, but in one of agony, where he saved himself and the whole human race. He suffers this affliction and this desertion in the horror of night. I believe that Jesus never complained but on this single occasion, but then he complained as if he could no longer bear his extreme suffering. My soul is sorrowful even unto death. Jesus seeks companionship and comfort from men. This is the sole occasion in all his life, as it seems to me. But he receives it not, for his disciples are asleep. Jesus will be in agony even to the end of the world. We must not sleep during that time. Jesus, in the midst of this universal desertion, including that of his own friends chosen to watch with him, finding them asleep, is vexed because of the danger to which they expose, not him but themselves. He cautions them for their own safety and their own good, with a sincere tenderness for them during their ingratitude, and warns them that the spirit is willing and the flesh weak. Jesus, finding them still asleep, without being restrained by any consideration for themselves or for him, has the kindness not to waken them, but leaves them in repose. Jesus prays, uncertain of the will of his Father, and fears death, but when he knows it, he goes forward to offer himself to death. Amos, procesit. Footnote, John, chapter 18, verse 4. Jesus therefore, knowing all the things that were coming upon him, went forth and saith unto them, Whom seek ye? End of footnote. Jesus asked of men, and was not heard. Jesus, while his disciples slept, wrought their salvation. He has wrought that of each of the righteous while they slept, both in their nothingness before their birth, and in their sins after their birth. He prays only once that the cup pass away, and then with submission, and twice that it come if necessary. Jesus is weary. Jesus, seeing all his friends asleep and all his enemies wakeful, commits himself entirely to his Father. Jesus does not regard in Judas his enmity, but the order of God, which he loves and admits, since he calls him friend. Jesus tears himself away from his disciples to enter into his agony. We must tear ourselves away from our nearest and dearest to imitate him. Jesus being in agony and in the greatest affliction, let us pray longer. We implore the mercy of God, not that he may leave us at peace in our vices, but that he may deliver us from them. If God gave us masters by his own hand, oh, how necessary for us to obey them with a good heart! Necessity and events follow infallibly. Console thyself, thou wouldst not seek me if thou hadst not found me. 
I thought of thee in mine agony. I have sweated such drops of blood for thee. It is tempting me, rather than proving thyself, to think if thou wouldst do such and such a thing on an occasion which has not happened. I shall act in thee if it occur. Let thyself be guided by my rules. See how well I have led the Virgin and the saints who have let me act in them. The Father loves all that I do. Dost thou wish that it always cost me the blood of my humanity without thy shedding tears? Thy conversion is my affair. Fear not, and pray with confidence as for me. I am present with thee by my word in Scripture, by my spirit in the Church, and by inspiration, by my power in the priests, by my prayer in the faithful. Physicians will not heal thee, for thou wilt die at last, but it is I who heal thee, and make the body immortal. Suffer bodily chains and servitude, I deliver thee at present only from spiritual servitude. I am more a friend to thee than such and such an one, for I have done for thee more than they. They would not have suffered what I have suffered from thee, and they would not have died for thee as I have done in the time of thine infidelities and cruelties, and as I am ready to do, and do, among my elect, and at the holy sacrament. If thou knewest thy sins, thou wouldst lose heart. I shall lose it then, Lord, for on thy assurance I believe their malice. No, for I, by whom thou learnest, can heal thee of them, and what I say to thee is a sign that I will heal thee. In proportion to thy expiation of them, thou wilt know them, and it will be said to thee, Behold, thy sins are forgiven thee. Repent, then, for thy hidden sins, and for the secret malice of those which thou knowest. Lord, I give thee all. I love thee more ardently than thou hast loved thine abominations. Ut immundus proluto. Footnote. As foul with clay. End of footnote. To me be the glory, not to thee, worm of the earth. Ask thy confessor when my own words are to the occasion of evil, vanity, or curiosity. I see in me depths of pride, curiosity, and lust. There is no relation between me and God, nor Jesus Christ the righteous. But he has been made sin for me. All thy scourges are fallen upon him. He is more abominable than I, and far from abhorring me, he holds himself honored that I go to him and succor him. But he has healed himself, and still more so will he heal me. I must add my wounds to his, and join myself to him, and he will save me in saving himself. But this must not be postponed to the future. Eritis sicut dis cientis bonum et malum. Footnote. Genesis chapter 3 verse 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. End of footnote. Each one creates his God when judging. This is good or bad, and men mourn or rejoice too much at events. Do little things as though they were great, because of the majesty of Jesus Christ who does them in us, and who lives our life. And do the greatest things as though they were little and easy because of his omnipotence. 554. 
It seems to me that Jesus Christ only allowed his wounds to be touched after his resurrection. Nolimit tangere. Footnote. John, chapter 20, verse 17. Jesus saith to her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended unto the Father. But go unto my brethren, and say to them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. End of footnote. We must unite ourselves only to his sufferings. At the Last Supper he gave himself in communion as about to die, to the disciples at Emmaus as risen from the dead, to the whole church as ascended into heaven. 555. Compare not thyself with others, but with me. If thou dost not find me in those with whom thou comparest thyself, thou comparest thyself to one who is abominable. If thou findest me in them, compare thyself to me. But whom wilt thou compare, thyself or me in thee? If it is thyself, it is one who is abominable. If it is I, thou comparest me to myself. Now I am God in all. I speak to thee, and often counsel thee, because thy director cannot speak to thee, for I do not want thee to lack a guide. And perhaps I do so at his prayers, and thus he leads thee without thy seeing it. Thou wouldst not seek me, if thou didst not possess me. Be not, therefore, troubled. End of section 7